Ah, morning. Hey, how's it going? I'm well. It's it's going your well? What? Well, I asked you how it's going. You said I'm well. It's going good. Uh, and I'm well. Oh, well, thanks for the extra info. There goes my next question. Oh, well, you walked in here asking how it's going. What's it in this context anyway? I'm just trying to make small talk. Well, I'm just making small talk. You're the one getting defensive over it. How can I be getting defensive about how I am going? Morning, everyone. How's it going? Not now, Chief. Uh, all right. Didn't care that much anyway. Who have we got on this week? Steve Minikin. Who's that? Well, Steve has been the member for Chatsworth in Queensland since 2012. Recently re-elected. Hmm. Well, get him on the line. Will do. Thank you very much, Steve, for taking the time to be inspected. The first part of this inspection is uh, with a description of your wallet. Sounds good. So my wallet is probably now about 10 years old, and it's rather tatty and old, but it's, uh, I think for a guy in particular, it's almost the male equivalent to, I'd imagine, a lady's you know, favourite bag or, or handbag. You put your, your wallet's everything, if you like, and so now I transfer half my cards into my fancy little Apple iPhone holder, Ooh. but my real staple cards stay in the good old-fashioned wallet, so I can't bear to part with it. So it stayed with me for all these years. I reckon it's good to go for another two or three years before I give it its burial orders. <laughs> right Oh, so it's a, a well-loved wallet in that case. Mate, well-loved. It's been around the world a few times. This It's uh, it's my treasured Mont Blanc, a very fancy posh label, admittedly, but it's been with me for probably around about 12 years now. Nice. And as I'm looking at it, it's pretty bruised and battered, but it's a much-cherished item. I love it. Well, that's great. So, Steve, uh, when you open up the wallet, how many times does it fold open? Just uh, just once. It's just the um, the two bill folds. It's your typical yeah. around about six slots either side opens up with your ability to shove lots of stuff in the card holders and in the middle and for the, the crispy 50s, I like to call it in the middle. So it's pretty stock standard, but you know what? It does the job. And as I said, for a bloke, um, your wallet is something that you dig very much get attached. It's like your car keys and your wallet. That's pretty much your life combined, of <laughs> course, with the ever-present smartphone these days. So car keys, check, Smartphone check, wallet check, you're good to go. That's it. I, I'm I'm the three the three step boy as well. Mine goes in my you, back wallet. right pocket. Actually, yeah. What what pocket do you do you hold your wallet in? For- no, 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 no. I, I have to stand. I have to stand. You corrected there. There's no way in the world you put it in your rear pocket there. No way in the world. Thank it you, Mr. Looks cool. I don't care what. So. Being a politician, I'm looking for the numbers here. I've got an audience of three. If I can get two votes out of three, I'll carry the day. Well, it's like I'm the decider here. Uh, I've got the swing vote. Uh, I've got a swing. I've got a swing voter, and I think that uh, if you want to look particularly um, cool, suave, hip, and today's sophisticated dude, it must be in the front right-hand pocket. You definitely do not want to have the image of the rear pocket looking bulgy, and more from a practical perspective. 
you simply, when you sit down, there's no way in the world you won't have to keep taking your wallet out. So it, it's got to be votes all around to the, the right to the he, front. He's got you the jeans all or the over there. Effects. I know. I, I don't know I'm what to do with this he's information. Got you all I mean, over. It's always just gone in my back right pocket. I don't know what to say. I mean, I think you got to change. I don't I think know if I can. You've you know? been watching. No, I, I think it explains a lot. To no. be honest. <laughs> No, vote, vote, vote one, Steve Minikin, and your second preference should be the front right pocket. <laughs> well, he's got me nailed right down to the pocket. Like, yeah. I'm a front right pocket. Well, you're yeah, a cool sure. guy. You're a cool guy. Well, yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Well, this, you know, I feel like I feel like I have been outvoted, but I guess this is democracy in action. You know, this is how it works. That's the way it works, folks. In a democracy, in a robust democracy, front right pocket rules. <laughs> well, I think that's a pretty thorough description. I'm going to pass you over now to Senior Constable Jones. Uh, who's going to ask you a couple of questions about the contents of your wallet? So I uh, just want to ask: Is this the part where you say this won't? Is this the part where you also say this won't hurt a bit? Yes, <laughs> that's right. And we're just going to need you to turn Good. left and cough. Um, <laughs> but also, uh, what what would you say is the oldest item in your wallet? I'd say the the oldest item. In fact, I, I have it. Um, funny, you should ask, young man. Funny, you should ask. Mm -hmm. I happen to have it right here in front of me. Excellent. And this will give a bit of an idea as to the fact that I probably do need to be carbon dated uh, being so old. But I have my treasured American Express. Don't leave home without it. Mm. And I see here I'm a member since 1989. Mm. So an MX card holder since 1989. Oh, wow. So there you go. Obviously, I've got my driver's license, but that, of course, every five years gets renewed with a new one. So um, the oldest card would be the initial issued Amex card from 1989. I've kept the first one ever. I still kept it. That is mighty impressive. So we've gone oldest. What's the, what's the most recent then? Let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Most recent would probably be my club BCF card, oh, membership ooh. card that I got only probably. Yeah, club, look, I, I really believe that if you've got a, a BCF and a Dan Murphy's and an Amart and a Gloria Jeans and a Hogsbreath Cafe, pretty much you're living in paradise. That's all you have there, these food groups covered. Do they ever sync up? Do you, do you get the, uh, oh, yeah. the every 10 cups or the every... And do, do, ever, oh, line do they all ever up. sync up where you just have one free whole day? Yeah, every two and a half months. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say it's a particular... Um, Thing of mind that whenever you get a freebie, even being a politician, who we're all human at heart, who doesn't like a freebie? Absolutely. And when the world, when the planets align, and you actually get a discount at your BCF, you just at a birthday, and so you get your twenty-five percent um, Hogs Breath discount, and then to top the charts, you also go for that ever needed caffeine fix at uh, the Mighty Gloria Jeans, and you get your free cup that you do. That is basically my definition of Nirvana. What a perfect day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, Steve, that, that you, you have traveled, you know, in your position, you've been privileged to travel all parts of the world. Uh, so what, what would you say is the most interesting place your wallet has been? I'd, I'd say a bit cliche, but I love, I love the London and, and New York, two of my favorite places that, that I travel. But I'd say one of the more interesting places that my wallet has traveled with me to was several years ago now a little um, island called Saipan where I did some um, some snorkeling and fishing a beautiful place Saipan which is part of Micronesia so it's about probably three or four hours southeast of Japan so yeah um, very very hot it literally lies on the equator or thereabouts wow. so it was stinking hot but the old credit card got a bit of a workout there with a cold, refreshing beer at the end of the day. Absolutely. Saipan, beautiful place. Fantastic. And what, what were you fishing? 
a mahi mahi, oh, nice. um, all, all, yeah, a whole, whole range of you know reef fish, etc. Yeah. I love, I love fishing. Um, I think as you get older, though, you prefer the old tag and release, which I do now. I like fly fishing. I like any form of fishing. Anything that involves fishing, I absolutely love it. So, that's the uh, one where you yeah, lean out of the helicopter, isn't it? The fly fishing. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's the one where I, I choose my fleet of six helicopters, seven helicopters, <laughs> one for each day of the week. It Naturally. just depends on you know which day, which colour. I wouldn't have picked you for it. But with me, but that's yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah, no, they they use well, they use my past imagery for the old forex gold commercial i think a few years ago what was it the gold <laughs> yes. lotto gold lotto i think <laughs> it was right, man, uh, yeah yeah um yeah i gave them permission to use uh, my copyrighted image for, for that but okay. no that it's would a be a dream man. wouldn't it to go fishing from a helicopter but haven't done that I've, I've done some fishing in some very beautiful parts of the world but that would be a real treat to do it from a helicopter but i uh, love love my fishing so the old club bcf gets a bit of a workout that card in my trusty wallet Fantastic. So we, we've heard of, of some cool places around New Japan, near Micronesia. Um, I'm sure you have been other places that have, you know, sort of opened your eyes. Have there been any sort of souvenirs that you keep in your wallet to sort of remind you of any of these experiences? Um, probably just the, the steam and vapors that come off the old credit card from the amount of overuse that it got mm-hmm. when I was on some of these adventures, and that's still there. But no, look, I'm not really into the souvenirs per se to probably keep one in my wallet. I've got a an old photo that's um, that's that's there, apart from the obligatory one of my wife and a couple of boys, my family. I've got one there when I first went to Hawaii, and that was an old one. Maybe it's because I no longer have any hair and I'm bald, and it probably takes me back to the days when I was 21 and actually had a full thatch of hair. So maybe it's an old keepsake for the days of when I had hair. But I'm more a collector of experiences these days than physical souvenirs. So, But uh, I'd say that one thing that, um, and I am sounding maybe like a politician here, but as much as the rest of the world is fascinating, and I'd encourage anyone, whenever you get the chance to travel, it's the greatest passport to life. Meeting different cultures, meeting different people, it's a fantastic thing. But we've just got some remarkable places on our own doorstop here in Queensland. So particularly Cape York, I love far north Queensland. I don't think people realise that you can fly up to Cairns, a couple of hours flight on a mm-hmm. commercial jet, but if you then um, you know, overland from Cairns and, and go up the top, the tip of Cape York, it is, there is just so much gorgeous country to explore up there. It's incredible. So far north Queensland is truly beautiful. You're absolutely not right, uh, not wrong there, Steve. I, I've gone up to Seasir and Bamagar and gone up to the tip. It's one of the, the you know one of my wonderful most cherished experiences is is going yeah you know, driving around there looking at all the different things that are to be seen up there. Did you go out to Thursday Island? Yes, yes. Um, been to been to Thursday Island. I um, went via Horn Island. Oh and yeah. And we we putted across in a little boat. So Beauty. one of the privileges of being a member of Parliament is that you do get to meet great people and go to some really great places. And uh, mm. and I'm proud being the shadow minister for amongst other things Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander partnerships. So mm. um, the communities that I get to visit just beautiful people. And that's the biggest attraction is you meet some great people yeah. and it's closely followed by just some beautiful geographical terrain. I mean, Queensland truly is spectacular. Everywhere has got its, its pretty parts. You know, the Gold Coast hinterland, outback, fantastic. But I think if I had to have a favourite, it would be around that Port Douglas area is beautiful, but then in the Cape itself, it's just truly spectacular. And anyone that ever gets the chance to go there should take it. They should latch at it with both hands. It's yeah. a great part of uh, great part of Queensland. Get across the old Jardine River. That's what you need to do. 
Yes, yeah, and the Jardine and the, the Palmer and the Archer. Oh, wow, and, yeah. And all those rivers up there. Have all the yeah, burgers but, on uh, the way up. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, you mean, but, you know, what a, what, a, what a great state where, you know, you can get taken by a snake on land or bitten by a spider or venture and put a toe on the water and be taken by a shark or, you know, other things or <laughs> stingers. It's got everything. It's got everything, hasn't it? But, it's the reason um, why it's so yeah, beautiful, it's mate. You've got to take some risks. You've got to take some risks if you want some true beauty. And, and the reason for the helicopters. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But, um, no, look, it is, it is rugged and it's wild, which is a bit of a metaphor for just, you know, it's just a really, it's a really pretty place. But, um, yeah. no, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people are very eager, which I can understand, to want to travel and, you know, go to Bali and go here and go there and whatever, and, and that's great. But I'd, I'd urge people, whenever you get the chance, to explore your own backyard because isn't it funny how a lot of Australians, they just want to desperately backpack around the world, which is a great thing and should still do it, don't get me wrong, but the thousands of tourists that want to come into Queensland mm, mm. to see the stuff that we sometimes take for granted. Sure. So. So there you go. So if Tourism point. Queensland isn't paying me something out of this, it'd be something wrong. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. It's something I felt. Uh, I did. I travelled over to Scotland. I did the the UK trip, and uh, I I sort of realised when I was learning the the heritage of over there that I probably don't know enough about my own. So it's a very a good point, well made. You did mention just earlier as well that uh, you don't sort of work in souvenirs. You work in in more your life experiences. So. In your position, you've, Correct. you've had Correct. a lot of uh, tremendous accolades and, and been privileged to, to be the, the, the member of Chatsworth. What would you say is the greatest experience that you've been able to achieve in that time? This is going to sound a little bit politically cliched, but I, without hesitation, we'll, we'll talk about it. I, uh, I was the formerly an assistant minister in the previous government, so I, I got to do a lot of very good things. And public service is really about people. And mm. I can't mention, for privacy reasons, the family's name, but a family that lives at Carindale have a profoundly blind little boy. And being constituents, the parents and the little boy, they came to see me. And long story short, he was not getting all the equipment he needed. He needed Braille instruction booklets, mm. and he had a Braille machine that he couldn't use because the keys were missing and it was malfunctioning. The Braille course notes he was getting was a, were about uh, a year older than where they were up to in his class, so mm-hmm. he was struggling with his grades, and it was it just wasn't good all round for the little little chap concerned, and a lot of pressure on his parents. Anyway, they came and saw me, and I was able to get for him, you know, a brand new Braille machine and dedicated resources, teacher resources, and uh, and also most important, making sure that the curriculum he received was in a timely manner so he could keep up so that when they were studying different things, um, he was studying at the same time. And the ultimate thing I received, uh, even though I said I don't collect things, I'm more into experiences, I did collect and keep this. About a year after I did all that, I received a lovely letter in the mail to my electorate office and it was handwritten by his mum who translated because the young gentleman concerned, he wrote something in Braille, which obviously I sadly could not interpret. Hmm. So his mum wrote in English on the front page what it was that this young man said and it was it was very, very it was very heartwarming and um, that Beautiful. proudly was framed and I, I keep that I keep that in my office because it was just about one little boy and making a difference to his life and his parents' life, etc. But to me it starts off with starting off with just one person. And if in politics you can do something and change even one person's outcome for the rest of their life, I think it's well worth doing. 
Bloody great to hear, mate. Well said. Thank you very much. Uh, I reckon that everything seems to be in order with this wallet, so cool. I think we're happy to let you go on your way. Thank you so much, Steve. We appreciate it. You're welcome, boys. Thanks. See you later. Brilliant work, everybody. Yeah, that was great. It's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. Oh, so what's it in this context anyhow? Wallet inspecting. Oh. If you enjoyed this episode of The Wallet Inspectors and haven't done it yet, please go and give us a review on iTunes or find us on Facebook and Twitter. This episode was written and edited by Michael Wilkins, who, along with Alex Jones and Luke Gold, created and started it with special guest Steve Minikin, MP. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you on our podcast.